everyone, and this is episode 12 of season 2 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson, and we are continuing on in the daily reading. We'll only be talking about numbers and Mark today, and so continuing on in, in, in the book of Numbers, we're seeing, you know, in the past podcast and that they were doing a census of the tribe, tribes of Israel, except for the Levites, in order to get a nation and an army assembled. And then going into chapter two, he's talking about, or the Lord is commanding Moses and Aaron to arrange the tribal camps. And that was how they were to go. It was an organization of how they were to travel so that there would not be confusion. And uh, the thing that I wanted to point out the most about this arrangement was Judah, the tribe of Judah was to set out first. And when you look at the name of Judah, Judah means praise. And so practically praise was going out first. And I think in our own relationship with the Lord, it's, you know, when we're in prayer, you know, I think sometimes it's so quick and I catch myself that way. It's so quick to, to go into your requests first. And I think it's when we go into prayer, when we go into times of, you know, worship, I think we need to, you know, give praise to the Lord first and, and and just magnify him for who he is. And so I just wanted to point that out. That really stood out to me out of all of the the numbers. Like people can just look at this and and just see just numbers and sometimes you have to look deeper when you're reading the Bible too as well. And and looking into the different names and what they mean. And so then in chapter 3, it's giving account of the family of Aaron and Moses. We know the story of Aaron's sons that, you know, Nadab and Abihu were, had fell dead before the Lord when they made an offering with unauth- unauthorized fire before him. So they had no sons, so only Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests during the lifetime of their father Aaron. So then the Lord tells Moses to bring the tribe of Levi and present to them to Aaron and the priest or the priest to assist him. And um, going back to verse three, you know, anointed priests. I just wanted to point out the purpose of anointing the priest was to ordain them to God's service. So they were set apart for the Lord, which was the priest. And then the Levites assisted the priests, especially when traveling. And we're going to see in in this chapter that how each part of the Levite tribes, the different clans, were were what jobs that they had in taking or when they were traveling with the temple, how they were what they were supposed to do their specific tasks but going back to anointed priests 
you know, when we think in the, you know, likewise in the New Testament, when believers are anointed by the Holy Spirit, you know, it's one thing, you know, I just want to clarify that you don't have to, you know, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. Salvation is, you know, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. However, if you want to be anointed and empowered, especially to witness, you know, when we're called to be witnesses on this earth and share the good news of the gospel and bring the kingdom, you have to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps too in in regards to fighting off temptation and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit's there to convict us when we're not doing it, doing right by the Lord. You know, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us and help us in our prayer time. So when believers are anointed by the Holy Spirit, they are set apart and empowered for service and witness in God's kingdom. So we're set apart to be witnesses, you know, and service in God's kingdom. That's what happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why I think it's really crucial that people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I look at churches and denominations that are not spirit-filled. Their pastor's not spirit-filled or, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit or they're against the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can see that they lack in evangelism and in prayer. They really lack in those areas. And and you can also see in a lot of those churches as well that their youth have, you know, a very hard time when they leave, you know, the home. They actually generally wander off and become a prodigal, if you notice that. So... That's what I've noticed over my years. And so, continuing on, the Hebrew name Messiah and the Greek name Christ both mean the anointed one. Everything Christ did, he did under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, and and he's our ultimate example as well. So, if he's working under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then we should work underneath the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Well, you know, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's never too late to start. You know, if you're saved, you know, that's, you know, that's the first step is being saved. And generally, like I like to say, you know, and and we see things in Acts, like in the book of Acts where, There was people that were saved and then instantly they were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they got water baptism. That can happen. But generally you're saved, you go through water baptism, and then to get baptized in the Holy Spirit is just as simple as just saying, or is, is, you can ask your pastor if they're, if they are spirit-filled and have elders who our spirit filled pray with you to get baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I also believe that you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit even in your own home. And it's just getting your heart set that you, that 
you want this baptism in the Holy Spirit and just focusing on the Lord, glorifying the Lord, and then you just ask and and receive, you know, you just say, Lord, I ask for, you know, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I receive it in the name of Jesus. And I just keep telling people when you're wanting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just focus on the Lord, you know, let your eyes just be on Jesus and receiving it and just the whole time, like, don't be silent, give praise to the Lord. And at some point, and each person, their experience is different, but the initial, uh, the initial act, the initial signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is you get a different language, which is known as tongues. And sometimes that is a heavenly language. Sometimes that is a an actual language and you may that you have never known in your life and that can actually be used for for the Lord because somebody who speaks that language may show up to a church service and you end up praying in those tongues in that kind of language and they hear it it's a message for them <laughs> so and and I've heard those kind of stories where it has happened and it's touched people in so many ways. So that is how you get baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. And if you're still, you know, a little curious about it, I know we'll be talking about it a lot more when we get through the Gospels and we get into the book of Acts and continue on in the New Testament. But if you're really hungering and, and desiring for it, I just challenge you, you know, go talk with your pastor, go talk with an elder who is spirit filled and let them guide and direct you because that's a huge thing, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit is there, you know, and Jesus had to, to leave and ascend into heaven in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And so the Holy Spirit's here. He's still working doesn't matter what what others say that it went away with the you know when the apostles all died that that's not true it's still working to this day and I think in this time when this is being recorded you know there's the coronavirus going around and you know one of the things about the coronavirus and I didn't really think about it is the coronavirus does not have a vaccine for it and you know, it really got laid on my heart, you know, recently about, and I was listening to another pastor saying, you know, we don't see a lot of signs and wonders and miracles because we have lost our dependency on God. And so when you think about like this coronavirus, it's like, at this point, we, the church have to rely on God and we, the church need to rise up and let and be empowered in the Holy Spirit to, you know, go out there and reach out to these people who are living in fear of this coronavirus and holding themselves up or hoarding, you know, toilet paper and stuff because they're living in constant fear and sharing our hope and praying over them. And I'm like waiting for guidance from the Lord, you know, do we go pray with the sick? what is the guidance of the Lord in that? So 
you know, I think he'll, you know, it's, but you can't just go step out there and just start praying for people. You have to be anointed by the Holy Spirit in order to pray for people and like that, because you need his guidance, you know, you can, and his wisdom. And so I just challenge you to just seek that out. If you haven't had that opportunity yet, just seek it out and just hunger for it. And don't be worried that, you know, one of the things is, well, what if I don't get it? Don't be focused on that idea because the Lord, you know, he, he practically, you know, says in, in the word that, you know, if, if a child asks their, their father for something, does, does he, you know, for food, does he give him a snake instead? No. It's the same thing, you know, in our relationship with the Lord. We ask for baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's going to give it to us. Now, if it doesn't happen right away, don't get discouraged. Keep seeking after it and kind of just uh, take time and reevaluate your life. Maybe there's things that, you know, sins that are, you know, haven't been revealed to you. You know, just take time and just also, you know, when you're, in your daily devotion with your Lord, with the Lord, just taking that time in your prayer time to allow the Lord to move within you. And sometimes that is when the Holy Spirit will come, you know, so just don't get discouraged. Some people it's instant. Some people it's not, I can't explain why, but you know, it just happens and don't get, don't get discouraged. But if it does happen is, you know, right away, just keep allowing the spirit to go through you, especially when you're praying, you know, in your prayer time, let, let your, your spirit man or spirit woman, the Holy Spirit within you just work. You know, if you feel the tons coming on, let it just go, you know? And so, you know, because that's a special prayer language. And, you know, we may not understand what it means, but the Lord does. And, and when the Holy Spirit is working in that area, it means that he's praying for the exact thing and saying the exact thing that we need, or is needed in that situation. So that's just something I wanted to, that was on my heart. And it just, went along and it's all dealing with the started off with the Levites so that's just something I think we really need to focus on especially in this time and in this decade that's going on so that's essentially like what we did in our daily reading and it's and as we go along we ended with the the Gershonites that you know, it, it explains what they were supposed to do, their specific job. So the Lord has specific jobs. And I think that's the same way in the church. Each and every one of us have a specific place in the church. You know, the Lord's going to use us mightily, you know, and it's just having a heart that's open to serve. You know, that's the big stepping stone for you is, is to have that heart to serve and allow, and the Lord will put you where you need to be. 
you know, and just pray about it and just look at the, at the needs of your church. And if you don't know it, go talk with your pastor, go talk with an elder, see what kind of needs there are and, and, and start researching that and praying about it. So that's essentially the daily reading for numbers. And so we're going to take a quick break and talk about Mark. So we're back and we're going into Mark 7 verse 31 and it's the healing of a deaf and mute man. And this is an actual, this miracle is the only, Mark is the only one that records this man's healing. And I just want to kind of explain because as Christ is traveling, you know, I, I know like with brand new believers, especially people who haven't really read their Bible when they're sitting there reading the gospels and stuff we kind of just have it in our head that it just happened in one spot. And that's not true. He traveled. And and so what ended up happening is Christ goes and he begins ministering in the Decapolis. It's an area of 10 major Gentile cities in, in that time. And so he passed through the coastal city of Sidon and ended up on the eastern side of the lake. One of the things I would suggest is, you know, getting a map of, you know, um, Israel and the time when Jesus was, you know, in Jesus's time, which most Bibles, study Bibles now have that, that map in there. But if you don't have it, you can look or find them generally they're really easy to find and and have that map because then you can kind of start seeing where he was going so this is where he was at he was pretty much in a gentile area and he's taking this man aside privately people go well why did he do that and it's probably because he had to prevent unbelief from hindering the miracle and then the word he says, I'm not going to try to repeat this word, but it's actually an Aramaic word, meaning be opened. You know, and the people in, in the region spoke with Syri- Syriac Aramaic language. So, and we'll see several times Christ used this language when praying for people. So, and two miracles end up happening here. The men's man's deaf ears were open and his tongue was loosed enabling him to speak now if a lot of people sit there and they look at how he prayed over him for this healing in their life what the heck well you know things happen and i have seen like some weird weird ways that people have prayed over people you know and it's just them And and a lot of times it's the Holy Spirit telling them to do that. And I think Christ was doing that, you know, you know, being prompted by the Holy Spirit. He only does what the Father tells him. And, you know, and I've seen people, you know, like, for example, people with back problems. And I do it, too, you know, when I'm praying for people. Because it's actually been proven, some people with back problems, if you have them sit down and you have them stick out their feet, you will see that 
So if you see that people, like, if you have them sit down and you see their feet with their feet sticking out and straight, you will notice, like, a lot of people with back problems, they actually, one leg is shorter than the other leg. And so I have seen where somebody has prayed over somebody with back problems and they there was that and you see the leg grow out. And so there's things like that that happens and, you know, I just let, you know, let that person pray as however the Holy Spirit guides them. There are people that, you know, just have and do different things. You know, it's, there's not a specific way to pray for people, you know, but there's that that happens. Just don't let it kind of distract you from what ended up happening and that there was a miracle that happened and he he was able to hear and speak. So continuing on into chapter 8, Jesus once again feeds you know, not just, he's, he doesn't feed 5,000, but he feeds 4,000. Now, that's only counting men each time this happened, not counting the women and children. For some reason, they never counted the women and children. But, so it was probably more than that. But, so, we see in, in chapter 8, there was such, the people there, they come and, you know, they're, he's with another large crowd and we can see that this crowd has been with them for three days and they haven't eaten anything and, but they had a spiritual hunger for Christ to listen to him and it was greater than their physical hun hunger. However, Without food, they were going to faint along the way. And Christ had a compassion for these people. He didn't want them to go home and, and faint along the way. You know, and he had such a compassion for the needs and the suffering of, of humanity. And that's, you know, we talked about it with the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 that Jesus had compassion when they came. And once again, it's, is a continual trait of Jesus that there's compassion. And so for us, it's a huge part in, you know, ministering to people, praying with people, and that's having compassion for, for people and, and praying for them. You know, that's a huge thing. And I think, you know, as, as, you know, if you don't have compassion for people, pray to the Lord about it and ask him, to help you to have compassion. And you know, and he understands. He's going to hear you and and work with you on it and and help you to and and instill that compassion, you know, because you're desiring to have the same compassion that he does. So, and he's still compassionate today. He's still moved today with you know, you know, with a deep and earnest sympathy by the needs and hurts of each child of God. You know, it's not like he and Jesus ascended to heaven and he didn't have compassion anymore. He does. He continues to have compassion. And it, you know, we have that insurance, insurance that in our troubles that we can come to him in prayer. 
in order to, you know, receive that and that he has compassion. He understands what we're going through. He knows. And so, and, and that makes him such a great advocate. So, I mean, that's just huge to, to understand. We see that there's this miracle again, you know, this huge old miracle and then he ends up going to down Manutha, and it's a region on the Gentile side of the Lake of Galilee. So he travels again. And Matthew states that Christ later ended up in the area of Magdala, which you have Mary Magdalene, who is referenced in the Gospels as well. That's where she came from, is Magdala. And actually, if you go around that area today, they have discovered a lot of cool stuff around that area. So if you ever get to, get to go on a trip to Israel, go over to Magdala, because there's, there's actually a church there too, and it's kind of cool. The, and I've seen pictures of it and video, and there's just they're discovering all these things in Magdala that, you know, really bring up the Bible and they, and even all throughout Israel, the Middle East and stuff, there's so much history and it brings the Bible to life. So if you ever get that chance to go to Israel, do it. So there, there's this confrontation with, with the Pharisees about producing a sign from heaven. And we also saw that same confrontation in Matthew chapter 16. And so really, I'm just going to refer you to, to Matthew chapter 16. But think about it. There's all these signs that have happened, these miracles. It's being spread. So what kind of sign they were looking for? I know like in, from their perspective, the prophets in, of long ago for them, which is Old Testament for us, you know, there was these signs that followed them, you know, in their, their ministry. There was all these miracles happening with Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000, and now the feeding of the 4,000. It had to travel, you know, the, the region. They have had to have at least heard of the 5,000 what kind of sign they were looking for, I don't know. You know, they were just, they were looking for something in their unbelief and, you know, just closing their eyes. And I think there's a lot of people around that, you know, even today, you're going to come across people with unbelief. You can state all the miracles you can state, you know, you know, you've seen and their hearts are hardened to the situation. You know, I, you know, I know of one person right now that, you know, that we've been working with and they, you know, for several months and, you know, we can state all the miracles that have happened in their heart. You know, it's starting to soften a little bit as we've gotten to know them, but there's still a guard up because there's that doubt. There's that unbelief that's there. So you're going to run into that. And we see it a lot more today. A lot of unbelief we have. Like I do believe, you know, there is such a dependency on, on, you know, doctors, our bank accounts. You know, we have to look to 
to things that are seen and we have left less dependency on God. Now, am I against doctors? No. You know, I think God can use doctors. And I do, you know, suggest to people that they do get a diagnosis from a doctor. Go see them because then we know what we're praying for. But, you know, I think we need to depend on God a lot more. You know, there's a lot more unbelief. And I think we in, uh, we are in that time, especially with the coronavirus, that there's going to be miracles happening to for for the people to see that that you know we need to depend on God and I think that's going to lead to a huge revival. So that's what I have to pretty much say for for today's podcast. So I'm going to end in a prayer and I just oh before I go into a prayer time, I do want to give you the daily reading for the next podcast, which is Numbers chapter 3 verse 27 through chapter 4, verse 41, Psalm 34, uh, verse 11 through 22, and then Proverbs chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, and then Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 38. And so I'm going to end in a prayer, and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord God. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that we can worship you, Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us, that anoints us, Lord. Lord, we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And that, Lord, I just pray for anybody that needs a healing today, Lord God. I pray that you would just touch their body or whatever they need a healing for, Lord. And just, you know what it is. And I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would just go and touch this area, Lord, and that they are healed. Lord, I just pray that you would also bring miracles where death sentences have been given to people in their health, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, for a miracle over their body, that they will be healed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for those who do not have the Holy Spirit, have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that, Lord, as they seek it, Lord, we just pray that you would just touch them that they shall be baptized in the in, in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and that they shall receive it. That, Lord, I pray that you just help them to dive deeper and to know you personally. And we just thank you in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm-hmm.